Welcome to Flight Deck, an inside look at the New York Jets. I'm your host, Rich Savini. I cover the Jets for ESPN. Tough one on Sunday for Jet Nation, a 22-17 loss to the hated New England Patriots. And I am still convinced that the Jets have the better team on paper. But paper doesn't win games. They made too many mistakes and lost their 13th straight to the Patriots, which is just maddening for Jet fans. I get it. Right now, we're focusing on the trading deadline Tuesday, 4 p.m. I do expect the Jets to be working the phones. And hopefully this is not outdated by then because we all know in the NFL news cycle is 24-7. There's always breaking news. Let's focus on the positive because, you know, I'm a silver lining kind of guy. The Jets are 5-3 and three right now. Only three teams in the AFC have a better winning percentage. Buffalo, Tennessee, and Kansas City. So despite the frustration of Sunday, the Jets are still in a decent position. But we do have to talk about the fallout from Sunday. That's our job. That's why we do this. And the fallout involves Zach Wilson. Not good. Bad game, three interceptions, carelessness with the football, all under pressure. He was one for 14 when throwing under pressure, according to Next Gen Stats. Believe it or not, that is the second worst. He has the second worst completion percentage in the league when throwing under pressure. It's 28%. The only quarterback who is worse. I was surprised. The answer is Tom Brady, which is interesting. So, Zach. He gets skittish when he's on. He's retreating. He's throwing off his back foot. He's throwing desperation throws. He's got to improve in that area. But, you know, we have to keep things in perspective here. Uh, it was one bad game. He actually came into this game with three straight games without a turnover. So that's good. Also, let's look at the supporting cast this week. Let's not forget Brees Hall out for the season. He's only the best player on the offense. Corey Davis, their most consistent receiver, he was out with a knee injury. Elijah Vera Tucker, their best offensive lineman, he's out for the season. So this was not a great situation for Zach Wilson. Uh, still had enough playmakers around him, but it wasn't the full complement of weapons. And so we have to take that into consideration. But it's no excuse for a horrendous football game. This is one of the 10 worst quarterback games of the year in the NFL I mean his off target rate was was way up there it's like one out of every three passes was off target and can't do that the carelessness with the football though that has to stop it reminds me of some of the growing pains that Mark Sanchez went through when he was a rookie and and veteran players on that team telling me back then how they were trying to impress upon Sanchez the importance of ball security telling him the hopes and dreams of the franchise are in your hands when you have the football. You have the livelihood of the entire roster in your hands when you have the football. And so someone needs to get that through to Zach Wilson. Because right now, those turnovers, he looks selfish, immature, you know, very young with those type of turnovers. Trying to create stuff that isn't there you're not at BYU anymore these off-platform plays off schedule and by the way that that's like the worst 
invention, like the, the phrase off-platform, which all of a sudden popped up on the NFL lexicon two or three years ago. I think that gets into some quarterbacks' heads. Zach Wilson coming out of BU, great at off-platform plays. Well, you know what? Stay on platform. Do what you're told. Operate the simple plays. Robert Sala on Monday invoking a theme from last year. Remember the, the quote from last year, you know, boring is good? Well, he was back to that on Monday, telling us and saying to Zach Wilson, just boring is okay. Throw the check down. Throw the ball out of bounds if it's not there. And so we're back to the boring stage again, which you had hoped he had, would have, we would be past that after 18 career starts, but evidently not. So the coaches have to help him too. I mean, 43 dropbacks and 15 runs is not a recipe for success. Michael LaFleur has to make sure it stays balanced. In this case, you're only playing into Bill Belichick's hands. Belichick comes into this game saying, we're just going to choke the Jets' running game. We're going to overplay the run and force Zach Wilson to beat us. And the Jets called the game right into Belichick's hands. They threw the ball way too much, and you saw what happened. Three uh, backbreaking was the word that Salah used. Three backbreaking turnovers so Wilson needs help from the coaching staff they have to get this offense back to its its identity which is playing you know not flashy conservative play to the defense play to the special teams don't turn the ball over that's the formula that worked during their four game winning streak and they have to get back to that so I think and yeah it was a bad game by Zach Wilson but I think fans are going a little too ballistic on this uh, he did make some nice throws in the game. He did throw for 355 yards. Great throw to Garrett Wilson early in the game. Really a, a fantastic seeing-eye pass in a tight window to Tyler Conklin on that first touchdown. So there were some good moments. It wasn't all gloom and doom for Zach Wilson, but you can't overcome the three turnovers. I think some of the frustration from the fans stems from the fact that you lost to New England again, and it's 13 straight and this was supposed to be the year that it was going to be different. So I think some of that frustration is being put on Zach Wilson. And, and that's a little bit unfair. Um, Sunday, or rather Monday, Robert Sala coming out and saying that they're going to ride with Wilson for the rest of the year, barring injury. Now, of course, he's going to say that. It was a full vote of confidence. You would expect the coach to say that. Part of that is for Wilson's psyche. Part of that is for public perception. They don't want to be perceived as an organization that is having second doubts in this former second overall pick. Of course, if they have a clunker or two, clunker or two he's going to have to reconsider that. I mean, which brings us to this. I think another clunker or two, Sal is going to have to answer this very important question in his own mind. What's more important, the season or the quarterback? You know, do you keep on absorbing the growing pains and going through the struggles of a young quarterback who's making a lot of mistakes just for the sake of his future development, for validation that he was worth the second overall pick? Or do you recognize the fact that your team is in a pennant race here? You have a chance to make to the playoffs. It's a win now season at five and three. And if the quarterback continues to make debilitating turnovers, it's on the coach to say enough is enough, we've got to replace the position and get someone else in there. Otherwise, it's going to cost us some wins. So it's a very fascinating question that Salah may have to answer at some point. 
And what I another thing that bothered me about Wilson was not so much the three turnovers was his post game response. He was asked in the middle of the press conference, "Do you shoulder this loss?" And his mood turned dark right there, and he got a little snippy, got a little short with his answer, and he said, "No, but I have to play better." That's the wrong answer. When you're the quarterback of an NFL team, you have to take full responsibility. You have to own up to the mistakes. He should have said, yes, it's on me. I, I'll play better. I promise I owe that to my teammates. That was the answer that you wanted to hear there. You know, not no, but I'll play better. Uh, Boomer Esiason told me many, many years ago that the quarterback has to take responsibility for all the mistakes, even the ones that aren't his fault. It comes with the job description. It's part of playing quarterback. It's the most important position in sports. And a lot of it is perception, leadership, body language. What you say is dissected by the media. And Zach Wilson has to improve in that area as well. Because mark my words, guys in the locker room will pick up on that for sure. So that's the Zach Wilson situation. The news of the day, you know, they're riding with him the rest of the year. We'll see if they have another clunker or two. Otherwise, Salah might have to, uh, you know, face facts and maybe, maybe make a move there. That'll be a fascinating decision if it comes down to that. Let's talk about the trading deadline. No, the Jets are not interested in Bradley Chubb. Terrific pass rusher for Denver in the final year of his contract. Would not be surprised if he gets moved before the deadline. But my sources tell me the Jets are not interested. There were some rumors on Monday. Not going to happen. The other big name. Laramie Tunsil, an elite left tackle from Houston, another guy supposedly on the block. No one has said the Jets are not interested to me, but this would surprise me a little bit. You're talking about a premium plus asset it would take to get Laramie Tunsil. He is a fantastic player, but he's only had one year left on his contract, and I don't think Joe Douglas wants to give up that much for a player, they have a good left tackle in Dwayne Brown. They got George Fant coming back. I think, if anything, they need a right tackle. I mean, did anyone catch Cedric Abueyu's performance on Sunday? Not good. Six pressures, at least one sack. Uh, that's a problem area. So if Joe, Joe Douglas makes a move, I think it would probably be for a right tackle. Players he could be looking to move, you know, Elijah Moore. They say no, but in this business, you never say never. Uh, Denzel Mims, Jacob Martin, Bryce Hall, the corner, Joe Flacco. You know, would a team like San Francisco, who could use a veteran backup, take a flyer on Flacco for a late conditional pick? I could see that happening. Uh, they, I'm told that Kyle Shanahan really likes Joe Flacco, and so that would be an interesting one to watch. So, yeah, I do. Joe Douglas is, is probably burning up the phone lines, seeing if he could get something, if he can give something. Always a fascinating time of the year because of Joe Douglas's penchant for trades. Let's talk about the Elijah Moore situation. Only 10 plays on Sunday. Didn't understand it. Uh, he, you know, Robert Sala said this was not punishment for the uh, trade request. Uh, yeah, you would think that he served the punishment by being deactivated in Denver. So it's puzzling, a little head scratching. Why only 10 plays? Uh, very, very interesting situation. This is a talented player. I would put him on the field. He had 12 catches in the first three games with Joe Flacco at quarterback. Since ja since Zach Wilson's taken over in five games, he's only got eight catches. It's like all of a sudden, Elijah Moore is radioactive. They, you know, they don't want him on the field. They don't want to throw the ball to him. 
I asked Moore after the game at his locker to describe his chemistry with Zach Wilson, and he goes, I don't know. I never get the ball. I don't think he was trying to be flippant about it, but the truth was that that answer said plenty. It spoke volumes. There is no chemistry. It's a questionable deployment of personnel by the Jets coaches. You want to see Mims out there, and now he finally is out there. You want to see Elijah Moore out there too. And so, you know, that's a head-scratcher. If I were them, I would try to get him involved, make this work, you know, bury the issues, try to get it moving in a positive direction because it's accomplishing nothing by playing him 12 plays a game. So there you have it, trading deadline, quarterback situation, riding with Zach Wilson. He's our guy, Zach forever, according to Sala. But another clunker or two, and the head coach might have to confront a very hard decision. And it's Twitter time. We got a lot of ground to cover, so let's jump right in. The first question from at Necessary Kicks. Does the Elijah Moore benching mean they're open to trading him? If so, what's fair value for the disgruntled wide receiver? Um, Well, they're continuing to say they're not going to trade him. If they did decide to change their mind, I mean, you're probably looking at like a fourth-round pick, you know, which I don't think the Jets would do. Uh, A year ago, he was a high two. Why trade him for a four when he's got two years left under contract? The Jets, the smart thing to do here is just make this work. Get get Lafleur and Moore and Salah all in a room, which they've probably done already. But just figure out a way to get this guy involved in the offense. He's a good player. Try to make him happy. Try to make it work. Next question from at Cam McLaurin. Rich, I haven't heard Woody Johnson's name brought up lately. With the organization five and threes and being playoff hopeful, do you know if Woody Johnson is pressuring Joe Douglas to make a splashy trade, or Robert Sala to make certain personnel decisions? I don't think Woody Johnson is in the coaches' meeting saying we have to blitz more or, or run more bootlegs or anything like that. But from my, from the people I talk to, Woody Johnson is as involved as ever. He is around a lot, and he is poking around into a lot of things. Um, you know, I don't, I, I don't want to use the word meddling because he is the owner of the team, so he has a right to do anything he wants. But I think people have taken notice around there that he is into a lot of things and Woody Johnson is not getting any younger he wants to win now I think he smells it he was away from the game for a few years he comes back and he's got a five and three team so yeah I do think he could be I don't want to say pressuring that's a really strong word but he could be making it clear that he would like to do something to make this team better and make a run for it so so, yeah, it's a great question, and this has been kind of a different Woody Johnson from from what I've been told. Now, he has done some select interviews. Uh, I did NFL Network. He talked to SNY over the weekend. But he has not talked to the regular regulars that cover the team since the owners' meetings in March. At Boss 5, what's your take about Salah's response to deactivating Chris Streveler? Yeah, that was weird, uh, Boss. You know, on Saturday... They elevate him to the active roster from the practice squad. Everyone gets excited. They think they're going to use him in some kind of sort of gadget role to take advantage of his athletic ability. And then Sunday, he's inactive. And that's weird because 99% of the time when a player gets elevated from the practice squad, he dresses for the game. 
And so they didn't. And he had a very cryptic response saying that, you know, they a couple of things happened and they weren't able to address him. I have not gotten to the bottom of it yet, but uh, a very odd situation. Uh, part of me thinks there might have been some gamesmanship involved. You know, make Belichick think about it for a little bit on Saturday night before the game. Maybe how to prepare a defense for, for Streveler in case they use him as a runner. And maybe another person told me that maybe it was just a way to get, you know, Strebler a little, throw him a bone. Because, you know, when you do get promoted to the active roster, you do get a bigger paycheck that week. You know, you make a lot more money on the 53 than you do on the practice squad. And, and they wanted to reward Strebler, who's been a good soldier and has done good stuff on the practice squad. So that was one person's theory to me. I don't know. Very weird. We'll try to keep on digging on that one. Next one. At. 9596 Bulls fan after Chicago ran for 200 plus yards on the Jets on the Patriots do you have any insight why the Jets didn't run the ball much or on any design checkdowns like the Bears did yeah I thought Zach Wilson should have had more design runs I think they tried one in the game but I would have liked to have seen more now let, let's be clear here he is not Justin Fields when it comes to running the football he's not even close to Justin Fields but Zach's a really good athlete and I don't think I think that's been an underutilized part of his game. I think they could do more things with that. I'd like to see them do more uh, in that area. And the reason why they didn't run it much or that great was because, you know, Belichick, uh, you know, from what I could tell, loaded up to stop the Jets' running game, figuring that would just choke them, choke them off, make Wilson throw the ball, and that's exactly what happened, and they didn't have enough answers. Chicago did have answers. The Jets did not have answers. Next one for Matt Meister-Werder, the Mike White Elevation and Solace comics about it. We want to see what we've got with him is fishy. It sounds to me if Zach has one more stinker, Mike White is the starter after the bye. Do you read it the same? Uh, well, it is fishy for sure for the reasons we've covered. Uh, I do think it sort of sets up the possibility of a replacement. Look, if, if Wilson struggles for another game or two and they lose – they're probably going to be out of the race, and then it probably makes more sense to have Mike White as the number two, although I don't see the point in it right now. So it's a tough one to read. Uh, you know, I don't think they'll pull him out after one more stinker. It might take more than that, but uh, it definitely creates the optic that Mike White is gaining on Zach Wilson, and, that, and the fans will pick up on that. They certainly will at MetLife on Sunday. At square one underscore NYC, why isn't Mike LaFleur getting more heat for feuding with and misusing two premium pick wide receivers? Of course, he's referring to Elijah Moore and Zendel Mims. Now, LaFleur emphatically denied that he had a quote unquote blow up with Moore. Now, I reported that he had a heated exchange with Moore. So we're talking semantics here. Is it a heated exchange? What's a heated exchange? Is it a blow up? So we're, we're splitting hairs. Uh, from what I understand, I think Moore blew up at LaFleur, and LaFleur had a sharp response back to him. So call it what you want, but like I said, I don't know if he ever had that with Mims, but clearly Mims has not been totally embraced by this coaching staff. So, yeah, I think Mike LaFleur needs to do a better job of using these two players because I think Moore and Mims have talent. A coach's job is to put the players in the best of position to succeed. And I don't think he's done that recently with uh, Moore, certainly. And um, now he's doing it with Mims, but it's like what took so long. 
So, yeah, a fair question. Now, the Jets host the Bills on Sunday. They're expecting another sellout. This one's going to be filled to the brim. Uh, Buffalo, a tough team. First place, first in total offense, third in total defense. Josh Allen, a legit MVP candidate. Stephon Diggs, seven touchdowns. Want to see him against Sauce Gardner. How many? I would love to see that matchup. That's going to be a classic matchup. I hope it materializes. Buffalo's defense, smart, disciplined, very talented. They don't make mistakes. They know how to play well together. They don't do anything fancy. It's cover three, cover four, not too much exotic stuff, but they're just really, really good. And Zach Wilson really, really struggled against them last year in that second game. Uh, of course, he was down a few players, and it was I think the Jets had less than 100 yards offense. In the first meeting, Mike White really, really struggled. He had four interceptions in that game. Tough spot for the Jets. You know, you can't beat the Bills being one-dimensional on offense. They're going to have to get the running game going. They're going to have to figure out a way to stop Josh Allen from beating him with his legs, with his arm. Tough spot. Don't see the Jets pulling off the upset here. I have Buffalo 27-13. Jets go into the bye week at 5-4. and four. Still with some season to, to make something out of it, but they'd have to do some soul-searching in the bye week if, if this happens on a two-game losing streak. So we'll see what happens. Hope you enjoy the game on Sunday. If you're there, hope you enjoy it. I'll be there reporting back to you next week on Flight Deck. Flight Deck.